aka the Preston Outdoors podcast. And in this week's episode, we got a topic that I'm really excited to talk about and a guy I'm really excited to talk to. We got Cam Milholen um, coming on here shortly. And we're going to talk about kind of the ins and outs of being a co-angler. Cam has been uh, been fishing as a co-angler a few years longer than I have. And it's going to be fun to bounce around and some of the ideas and stuff that we've come across here in the last few years on how to be more of a successful co-angler tips and tricks stuff like that and it's it's really a topic that nobody you don't really hear about you hear off and on but i think if somebody that's interested um if you're interested in getting in the bass fishing game as a co-angler even if the, especially the walleye fishing game um getting into as a co-angler before making the jump to be a boater or a pro or just this is the level you want to be at and you want to uh, learn about maybe learn about a new body of water from somebody that's actually got a lot of skin in the game for tournament fishing, stuff like that. So we're going to get into that. Cam's going to get on here pretty soon. we got a little housekeeping things that we're going to talk about first. Um, just to let you guys know, if you didn't already, you're listening to this, obviously, uh, whenever you are, but our podcast launches on Tuesday mornings. Every Tuesday morning so far, we've been really, really good. We're getting out new podcast episodes. You can watch it on all your major streaming platforms. Excuse me, listen to it on all your major streaming platforms. And then you're also going to be able to watch the um, actual video um, on the Preston Outdoors YouTube channel. So you can go ahead and do that and kind of view them both, whichever way you would like to do that. But um, first off, from the home front, I am back home here in North Dakota. I was actually taking off, would be last weekend. We were heading down to Springfield, Missouri. I was going to stay a night in Springfield, Missouri. I was going to take off down to Jasper, Alabama for the first Bassmaster Central Open of the year. I got down 10 hours into the drive. I got down to um, just south of Kansas City, Missouri. Got a text saying to read my email and uh, go ahead and pull over on the side of the road, read my email. And it said that everything's been postponed. So I had a decision to make. I tried looking up some some guys I knew, some buddies to see if I could go fishing or anything like that. I'm doing the opens again. I don't know if I mentioned. I'm doing the opens, uh, central opens again. This will be my second full season doing that as a co-angler. So I didn't have my boat or anything. Otherwise, I would have stopped at some lakes that I've, you know, just stopped and do some fishing for a day or something. But I didn't. Turned around, drove home. I left uh, my place at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I got back the next morning at about a little after 1 o'clock. So close to 21 hours of driving. We um, we I mean me I rigged a bunch of rods up that night five or six rods um, cleaned out the boat I got all the water spots off cleaned it up waxed it stuff like that and then got to bed about two thirty woke up at four thirty hit the road at five o'clock and headed west to Western North Dakota to fish um, basically one of the only open bodies of water for bass fishing and took a buddy with me and we went over there slow start we actually had uh, I'll throw some clip um, some images up here if you're watching on YouTube. And you'll see the other clips on or pictures on my Instagram and Facebook. But it was snowing when we got there. I had about an inch of snow, half inch of snow to inch of snow, sitting on the deck of my boat before everything warmed up. Fishing was really slow for the first three hours and then proceeded to catch over 30 fish. And I got a couple, lost one that was about four pounds next to the boat, got one that was almost five in the boat and had a great time. Caught almost about 30 fish between the two of us. So it was a great time, a lot of driving. I don't know how I made it. Um, yeah, I really don't know how I made it, but I kind of told everybody and told myself, I'm going to make it as far until I got tired. And I really didn't get that tired until I really got home. I think I hit my second or third wind, whatever it was. So it is what it is. We're back home. Um, we're taking off the end of April here to head down to Lake Pickwick in Tennessee, the Tennessee Alabama border. So that'll be the, the technically the second stop of the central opens. The first one got moved to the 7th through the 9th of October. And then I've got a tournament. So that one's on, yeah, Lewis Smith Lake, 7th through the 9th of October. Two weeks later, I've got one down on um, Grand Lake in Grove, Oklahoma. So I'm going to be home for maybe 10 days in October. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a grind. Middle of duck season, um, beginning of pheasant season. So we'll have to sacrifice some things there, but that'll be fine. But, yeah, um, as always – I would love to see some questions and comments. We haven't really been getting much in, but you guys can send them over to Instagram or Preston Outdoors, the number two at gmail.com. Send your questions over there. I, <clears throat> I really like to do a question and answer uh, video sometime. Also, I want to hear some response from you guys as well. Um, working on, remember to get those on the Preston Outdoors website. You can go to the blog or the 
uh, podcast tab there and leave a comment on the blog there. So I, I take it down every week and put the new episode up every week. So that way you can go ahead and go there, leave some questions, comments. I want to do a Q&A episode sometime. And then I also have another question I'm interested in trying to do. I don't know what day of the week it would be or stuff like that, but try and do a YouTube live. So it's like a little seminar. I'll be some weather's warming up here to where we can do it on the water. Um, or we can be here in the studio talking to you over stuff. So I don't know how many people would be interested in that, but I want to do some YouTube live stuff coming up here since the weather's getting nice. Haven't never done a YouTube live. And I think it'd be kind of cool for everybody to hop on and listen to that. So without further ado, um, I think that's all of it on my end. We're going to get Cam here and we're going to talk about the uh, kind of the ins and outs of being a co-angler and uh, Cam will be a great guy to have on here. So stay tuned. All right. Welcome back everybody. I got Cam Milhone here with me tonight, today, whatever time you're listening to it here, Cam, welcome back. Welcome to the pop. Thank you for having me, Ethan. I appreciate it. So Cam was the guy I wanted to get on here. Um, him and I have been chatting, I mean, for a long time now, but definitely for the fact of, I was trying to think of a, a topic for this week's show. And I was just in the, it was last week. I was just in the realm of getting ready to get packed up to head down to Alabama for the first Bassmaster Central Open. And I was just thinking about like, dude, I got so much crap to get going, you know, to load up and head down there and stuff like that. And I'm like, let's talk about co-angling. Let's talk about the prep going into it. And and stuff like that. So um, I kind of did in the intro, talked about how you've done co-angling and stuff more more longer than I have. We'll get into that later on here. My first thing is I want you to tell everybody that's listening, that's watching, tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself, how long you've been, you know, fishing tournaments, stuff like that, where you're from, for instance. Um, if, if nobody's followed along on my social medias, they may not know where you're from and that we fished a couple times together. So tell us a little, yeah, about, yeah. A little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I grew up in San Diego, California. Um, and uh, again, my name's Cam Milhon. Uh, I'm a 32 years old. Um, I've been fishing tournaments for about probably three years now. Um, but uh, anyways, I grew up in San Diego. I grew up saltwater fishing and fishing little uh, freshwater holes and stuff like that. And uh, Lake San Marcos was uh, one of them, little golf course places around there. I do lots of saltwater fishing, calico, halibut, all that. It was a deck canning off Oceanside, a couple of boats um, in the harbor there, uh, Helgren's to be specific, a couple downtown San Diego. But um, yeah, anyways, uh, I'm here. I'm happy to uh, be here and I appreciate you for having me on. So so where are you at now? Where are you located at now? Oh, and uh, now I'm in uh, Phoenix, Arizona here. Um, I've been living here on and off. My parents retired here for about, about 10 years ago. So uh, Man, I've lived in a lot of places in the last 10 years, um, about seven, eight different states. So uh, I'm kind of settling um, here for Arizona. I really like here. There's lots of opportunities here for bass fishing, um, tons of tournament circuits that can uh, hire your um, tournament level for sure. So, yeah. So if we're going to, like I said, he's down in Arizona. Cam, I was actually two years ago my family and I were going down there for just a quick trip and I put something on Instagram saying that I was heading down to Phoenix and Cam reached out to me. He's like, dude, I'm like right down the road. I was like, no way. And we fit it into where it was like, it's only like three or four hour period that we had. Um, I stopped by a local pond. Cam met up with me. He had a, I didn't bring any rods really to go down. So Cam had a couple rods for me and we did some fishing. Didn't catch anything that time, but it was nice to meet somebody. Um, I've, I've touched on this too. A few of my, um, posts on instagram and stuff cam and i both are partnered with and work with cast king so we use their predominantly their rods reels and lines stuff like that so it's kind of cool to to meet somebody else that's on their their pro staff and stuff like that and, and be able to get to swap stories and stuff like that and then actually this year we went down there again had one day and cam actually picked me up from the airbnb that we were staying at we headed down to lake roosevelt and hooked up with aj gore who's uh, one of the higher up guys with casking and does give it away AJ on their, their shows and stuff like that. So was, we were able to hop in his boat and do some fishing. So it was really cool that um, with our partnership with casking and um, social media, Cam and I have been able to fish together. So once again, why I wanted to get him on here. So if we're going to talk about this, you've been all, we're going to move on a little bit. You've been all over, you said multiple States, stuff like that. What is your favorite species to target then when you're fishing? I mean, it doesn't have to be, it'd be anything, any, any species you could pick. Oof. Um, I really like saltwater fishing. I mean, that's what I grew up doing. I lived in Hawaii, uh, 
Kona, the Big Island to be specific, uh, the west side um, of Kona. And uh, I worked for a little tackle shop there called uh, Pacific Rim Fishing. And, uh, you know, they had the billfish tournament. I mean, big, big, big game fish tournaments. And uh, I worked there for a couple of years and I got to know the locals. And uh, yeah, but my priority focus right now is bass fishing for sure. Uh, That's definitely what I want to focus on and keep focusing on um, tournaments wise. and. future as well so i my heart is i man i just went to shasta and uh, caught some really good spotted bass for my first time those spots man are so mean and aggressive they're awesome i love spotted bass smallmouth. Uh, i think that's definitely my favorite for sure um i've been to florida too mm-hmm. I, I take that back now that i think about it man there's lots of other species that i want to catch you know everybody um be talking about those golden dorados and i'd love mm-hmm. to go to the amazon man north north america somewhere and uh target that and I've, I've caught some peacock in florida but uh it would be really cool to um experience that down there in the uh, in brazil and stuff and, yeah uh, do one of those trips but so if, right you now, pick, if you had to pick one of all those you mentioned what's your favorite oh, hmm. um i'd probably have to say i had a real blast those peacocks fight so hard man they're, oh, they're yeah. really fun i'd really like to go and and target them and yeah. some other species down there in the See, amazon river <clears throat> that's something i've never peacocks are on my bucket list i mean the bet the biggest opportunity i'm going to have is sometime going to that that side of florida and fish for those um probably never will make it over to the amazon it'd be fun to do but i uh, all the sicknesses and stuff you can potentially catch over there. And I don't like needles the way it is or all the immunizations you guys got to get. So <laughs> if it would be a dream come oh, true, but, but yeah, I'd probably have to go to Florida to catch them. So what's, what's your favorite way to fish? Like I know there's a bunch of different um, categories people put themselves into or other people put themselves into. What's your favorite way to fish? Oh man. Uh, I love flipping heavy cover. I love throwing that frog. I love fishing with braid. Um, mm-hmm. I like fishing heavy, fast. Uh, I, I mean, just this weekend I, in Havasu, I fished the drop shot day two all day. I love, I've been fishing a lot more finesse and Arizona has definitely teaches you a lot more discipline. And, um, I'd say that, uh, widens your horizon of using baits and stuff. Um, yeah. I lived in Pennsylvania recently too. That was a great experience. Um, there was a lot more cover and just like duckweed algae. And that's where I pretty much, uh, really honed in on my frogging skills that taught me a lot. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that thicker, heavier cover, that's what you really like to do. Yeah. 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 I love fishing deep though, too. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. will, I love fishing with spoons. I love drop shot and I love drop, dropping on them, uh, video mm-hmm. game fishing style. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of ways that I love fishing, man. So besides fishing, what is something that you really enjoy to do? Like if you're not fishing, something like that, something, a hobby, a habit. I mean, I've had people on here, they say they love to fish and there's not much else they like to do. Um, I mean, most people know here for me, I like to hunt. Um, was just hunting today, actually. We're shooting snow geese today. That's why we had to record this a little bit later than we thought because my brother and I went out and, and shot some more birds. But what's something yeah, that – Yeah, you were plowing some more grease or yes, not? that's right. We're, trying, we're filling the tailgate full. So what, what's Cam like to do besides fishing? Um, well, I love skateboarding, honestly. That's what I grew up doing in San Diego and surfing, honestly. But uh, there's no saltwater or beach here, so I haven't been able to get on a surfboard on in a while. But um, I'll never stop skateboarding. Some type of skateboarder, um, skateboard, um, you know, whether it's just a cruiser. But I'll never, never stop uh, rolling on those four wheels. Yeah, there's but, nothing wrong with that. Especially those ponds, like when you and I fished the first time, you like, I'm going to go try this spot, hop in your skateboard and skate it all the way around. And then you start fishing. I was like, well, that certainly beats walking. I always fall off those things. So I never, never really done it, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but we're going to talk about the co-angling thing. So I want to dive into this. I think, um, well, I mean, obviously you and I in the last two months, three months had either called once a day or once every two or three days, FaceTime and stuff like that. I've had a good time doing that. And I want to talk um, about the co-angling side. First off, I want to jump into, um, you had mentioned two or three years, but I want to talk about, have you been two or three years for the tournament scene? Is that how long you've been co-angling for and, and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, if you would say pro-am circuit type mm-hmm. deal, boater, non-boater. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, I fished like some little smaller derbies when I was a kid in Clear Lake. That's like my first um, with my uh, Uncle Bob. That was like my first taste of the uh, like kind of derby scene. Um, yeah. It was just a little kids three fish limit. And uh, yeah, that's that's I was probably about 15, 16. Uh, I used to stay at this place in Napa, um, Eugene. It was called the Beachcomber every year. I'd go out there with my uncle. And uh, that's where I really learned how to fish started starting to fish uh, as a kid so that actually is probably one of my favorite lakes man the fish there are just it's just so incredible up there like so yeah it's mm -hmm. been awesome man so for the most part from what you've been doing it's all been co-angling stuff from from the beginning so that's why hey, i want to get yeah there's nothing i mean it's shoot I wish I would have started off fishing as a co-angler. We don't have tournaments here. You know, we got two, like I said before, we've got two bass clubs in the state of North Dakota. So there's really no, you know, really option to start up like that. And I think it's a great, me, I got a real late start into it to doing the co-angling side to move up and stuff like that. So you're in Arizona, you're talking about do the co-angling stuff. We talked about what are, the, what are the main circuits that you're fishing right now or that you have fish? Like, tell us what what some of the opportunities are there for like the, the names of the, the circuits and stuff like that that you're fishing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've fished a little bit with Bass Nation just as a guest, nothing. Um, I haven't fished a full season with them or uh, anything like that. I've fished only a couple tournaments as a guest. Um, I fished two years ago there uh, with them at Havasu. A great trip. It was a midwinter, late winter trip um, tournament. Uh, it was around December, but um yeah, I, <clears throat> I've only been fishing TBF for two years. Uh, this is my second season, actually. Um, my first season, I actually won it and went all the way to the uh, national championship. Um, I won um, state regionals at Lake Shasta, those spotted bass. And man, there's with with Arizona, there's it's fishing year round, and there's so much opportunities. You have one bass, you got just all these tournament circuits that can help you lead to the next level and uh you know tbf is a great platform for that that's where i started you know um i had an opportunity to go down to the red river in uh, shreveport louisiana and um just talk about a great opportunity we had a little awesome bungalow cabin down there at the south marina red river resort and uh there's 22 cabins so um it was really cool to meet everybody from the lower 48 uh, states and you know um it's all about connections and just meeting new people. And, uh, it's, it was part of the living your dream package for TBF and slash FLW, uh, mm -hmm. collab, whatever. And, um, I fished for $35,000. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't my time, but, um, obviously just a great, great experience overall, man, shallow water fishery, dirty, dirty water. Um, hard to find them, but when you're on them, you're on them. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's it was really awesome we had a cold front blow through but uh started to pick up uh, later on um the fish were starting to pull up uh, it was getting a little bit warmer and uh that buzz bite and frog bite turned on and uh it was pretty fun man so that that was a great opportunity and i'm really hoping again this year i can make the state team and uh hopefully you know win another regionals and make myself make my way uh, down to another state championship because uh yeah that was an awesome experience so you know. yeah because like i said we have we don't have stuff like that here we have the tbf or tbf is abbreviation for the bass federation or most people call it just the federation whatever for people right, who don't right. know don't know what that is so in north dakota we have them for a couple of years we just don't have the boat drop for it. So I don't even think this year they're going to have it anymore. So I did, I think would be the sad, I can't even remember if it was like the third or fourth year. I actually yeah. qualified for the, the regional per se championship. Um, and North Dakota was hosting it that year. I qualified as a co-angler. It's the first co-angling like, event I ever went to. And we did it on Lake Skakawea. Um, and first day, first day wind out everything like that um the little bit different setup for us is that there's no culling in north dakota so we once you brought in three fish and put those in your live well you're done there's no rotating there's no up or per se upgrading so oh, wow. you you had the choice to you put your three in the box and you're you're done you could fish but you can't you can't upgrade per se or cull that kind of thing so guys had to make decisions and stuff like that it was a one-day derby because the first day got blown out so that's kind of 
I wish we had more of that. I wish we had more opportunities in, in the region I live in and say North Dakota, Minnesota has them. Um, you can definitely go and, and do that for anybody that's listening to do the co-angler and then qualify for the state. So I want, since you did it last year, and that's what I got written down here from the local level to the regional level to making nationals, I want you to kind of tell us what does a guy got to do? I just signed up for my bass club, for my bass federation. Um, I know it's all based off of numbers and how many people are participating in your region, but to go from the, the local TBF to qualify to go to regionals, what did you have to do? How did you have to place to, to even qualify for that? Yeah. Um, whew, uh, the placing, well, to start off with, uh, last year we had a very small field. We only had about 12 boats. So okay. it was literally, if you did top five or better each tournament, you were going to to, to the state team so, so they, they um, took you as i don't mean to interrupt you but they took you as you are the, you're the top you're basically the angler of the year on the co-angler side for your region correct or your local that's how you get picked to go to regionals no not co-angler of the year if you make the state team and once you go to this you know the the derby the, yeah. the regional tournament and you win that whether you're co-angler of the year or not you so then, how did you how did you get into the state team? That's my question. What how did you get to the next level to go to regionals? Before you even get there, how did you get to qualify to go to regionals? Um, I uh, just I mean basically I won a few tournaments. I'd have to look that as far as like points wise. Yeah, but, um, well, I just didn't know if they took the top at that year. Did they take the top three? Did they take the top two? They like, take what, top six voters, and then they okay. also take the top six co-angler that's, that's what it is yep so basically you got to face in the top six that year to, to go so now yes. you've made that you fish in your top six you are off where was regionals at again uh lake shasta in california so he you got now cam goes from arizona and now he drives up to lake shasta in california and now how many boats are we talking about in this regional then uh this was about i'd say about a 40 boat 40 boat field Okay, and are they coming from different states, or is it everybody from Arizona? So it's joint district of okay. Arizona and California. So yep. um, the top, I think they took the top 12 from California, or the top okay. 15 from California, top 15 boaters, top 15 co's, and then the top six co-anglers, and then boaters from Arizona, and then they put them okay. together. Because that's the same thing with North Dakota. When they ran it, it was North Dakota... I think South Dakota and then Montana yeah. was with North Dakota cause they didn't have enough, but yeah, it was that combined regional cause there wasn't enough from each state. So everybody understands that people from Arizona and people from California went to Shasta and California and now they're competing. So how does it work from the, from the pro side and the co-angler side? How do you, what do you have to do then to go to nationals that you did? Oh man. You got to um, win it. You got to win it as a boater and you got to win it as a co-angler. So they only take one, one co and one pro. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's so it, you, you were representing. Yeah. So you were representing the region of California and Arizona to take off. So basically yeah. from what cam had to do is two day tournament. Yeah. Two day tournament. You had to win at the end of that tournament. And it was only you two, only you, one co-angler, one boater. And that yep. go on. So tell us about that. Tell us just a synopsis of your day one, your day two. Um, you know, I mean, probably one of the biggest tournaments you've ever fished so far. And and going in there, what's your mindset um, going in? And give us a little synopsis because, like, like I said, this is a big deal from going ahead and and fishing from the local level and working your way up to the regional. And now you're trying to qualify for the the championship. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But what what was your mindset? And and kind of tell us how how your tournament went. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Day one, my, my mindset first off was to just get five bikes each day. I didn't care whether what my boater was. I was just going to stick with my confidence baits, uh, you know, throw a jig and a drop shot behind the boat and literally just get five bikes. So um, the pairing night came where we all met at uh, the Sha in uh, Lake Shasta and uh, like under the so overhang by the marina. Um, they picked our partners and then uh, – um, I met my day one boater. Anyways, my day one boater came up to me. He was probably my age, mid thirties or so. Um, he introduced himself and he goes, Hey man, you know, uh, the way I'm going to be fishing, um, it might seem like you're getting back boated, but, um, I'm going to be throwing an A-rig about 10 foot offshore and, and by offshore, I mean the bank, not mm -hmm. like offshore, offshore. Yep. Um, and you know, those, 
those spots need something to pin that bait against the wall to eat. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I mean, if they're going to, I mean, I understand that. And cause there's real tight, steep bluff walls at Shasta and really the uh, uh, like fast transitioning banks from like chunk rock to clay, red clay. And um, where he was all the way up to sack arm, uh, he supposedly said he was on a pretty good bite in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, when he said he was going to be 10 foot off of the bank, I mean, it left me no room to finish. And <laughs> so I was pretty bombed, dude. And yeah. So I want to stop you right there, but if anybody doesn't know, backboated from a co-angler standpoint explain that to somebody that doesn't understand what what you and i understand what's going on what is what is backboating basically it's just when i you know the boater gives you no room to fish there's nowhere for you to cast and at least a 180 degree turn i mean from it it, just you can't cast there's nothing for you to fish or um you know where or maybe he goes offshore and he goes to a spot and um uh, yeah, there's several different examples of being backboated, but, uh, but you, you, was- yeah, you covered the scenario is that you as a, a co-angler, there's times where he was saying, what he imagine this, we've got a bluff wall here, the fish are sitting here, the guy's sitting here and he's casting parallel with the bluff wall. So cam is out the back and there's not really, besides the back wall behind you or throwing out into the open, there's really no place to fish. It's also common on some brush pile fisheries, offshore fisheries, where the boater is pointing right at the brush pile he wants to fish, and then you get to fish the water behind you, but mostly the cover that they're fishing is is in front of them. So the term backboating is meaning that, and it happens, like it, it just happens. And as a co-angler, I've got, I mean, we've got it written down here, we're going to talk about you have to overcome that to try and catch fish. So I just yeah. wanted you to go into what that meant. But, okay, he's, he's backboating, he's fishing these, these spotted bass. Like, what's, what's your mindset going into that? How are, how are you attacking that scenario that you're in then? The only thing I could think of was if once he hits or goes around points, like, that was my chance to, like, cast across it and then bring it across. And that's usually where I would pick up a few more bites. Or if it was, uh, like, a steeper bluff wall, I would just pitch a drop shot and then – Based, I literally only caught five fish on a drop shot all day. Mm-hmm. All like that's the only way I caught all five fish. I only had seven and a half pounds. He only had maybe eight or nine or something. So um, yeah, and I knew right away as soon as he told me at the pairing meeting, and I was just thinking kind of to myself, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like, uh, you know, I'm just gonna have to uh, finesse fish, and um, I was just uh, using at the time a little six inch straight tail boot tail worm and i was just wacky rigging it on the uh, drop shot and they were just munching it um, so so all day and day one you got five bites yep five, and you, five and bites. you made it count yep yeah i so don't even think i pulled day one no i didn't yeah no nope. so you're going what were you sitting in after day one do you remember Oof. maybe top 15 okay uh, Maybe I mean yeah, you're like in the middle of the pack then, or you're I would yeah. say you're top two thirds of the pack. You're sitting in there, yeah. it's still yeah. within striking distance stuff like that. You're going into day two. You figure out you talk to your boater on day two, what his game plan is, and and what's your mentality going in then on day two. Well, as soon as I wait in, uh, my day two boater comes up to me and he goes, um, "Hey, you know I'm such and such, and I'll be your boater day two. And he's like, uh, "Just be ready because we're on him and we're not going far." And um, and I go, okay, for sure. And he goes, no, literally, like, we're, it's just a ride around the corner. It's a pretty well-known community hole uh, um, at Lake Shasta. So um, it was right around a Beaver Island. So um, I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's good. This, he was in contention. Him and yeah. uh, a pretty well-known dude in Arizona, Steve Lund, and him. Um, Steve Lund was in first, and my boater was in second. Okay. Uh, so – Anyways, so day two starts and we pull up to the spots and I noticed all, all day he was just throwing a, a, a nail shaky head, which is a, a, I forget what his name is, Gutierrez or something, his, his special little shaky head worm or something, mm-hmm. his nail weight or something. Um, anyways, he was throwing that. So it, he was working these points super slow and when he would go around the points, he would stop and it would let me again really just slow down and pick apart um what he was fishing and yep. uh it, it, it he fished off he fished how i wanted to fish and it let me uh slow down and really pick up, apart the spots and uh, we literally fished there all day and 
yeah, I was catching quality fish at one point. He was getting um, pretty upset and was <laughs> taking the net and jabbing them because I was catching – he was saying he was catching quality fish at least two and a half, three and a half pound spots. So, yep. um, so what did you use to catch them? What were you using? That's what I was just about to say. So okay. I was at first using a drop shot, same technique. I just mm-hmm. – all I cared about was five bites, and I knew it yep. was anybody's ball game because at Shasta there's a bunch of hot dog rats there, and it's a game of ounces. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally thought in my brain, like, all right, I'm going to pick up the jig and start getting some bigger bites. So I was using a little Kitech Finesse compact jig, and it had this little chartreuse in it. I think that was the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he was trying to match the same jig. And I don't know, when you're using tungsten versus lead, you get a little bit different uh, sound pitch for different types of cover that, that you're fishing. So I, I really thought it made a difference because I was getting the more uh, quality and better fish. So yep. Yeah, jig and drop shot all day. That's the only all thing day. I caught my fish on. And uh, how many bites you getting then? How many bites you get? Only five again? I probably I probably pulled twice. Probably okay. seven or eight bites. Yep. Um, one I lost because I flipped it up in the boat, being due to me being scared of him jabbing the fish because he was getting kind of irritated. Like, oh, dude, like, get in the net. Just, <laughs> he, he like I was literally just waxing him on the back, dude. Like, yeah. And I sometimes you just can't stop the back of the boat. And yep. Yeah, I guess it was my time then. Uh, I literally won like, sheesh, by a couple of ounces. Yeah. So, I remember. Yeah. I remember that you called me, or you didn't have a good reception, but you called me on the way home, and you're just freaking jacked. And I was like, I don't even know what this means. Like, what's going on? You're like, I'm going to the Red River, and just we're we're all jacked up. So, so now we got that understanding. You win. You you win at the regional, and what the path you have to do. You know, a, a regular season to qualify for the state. Because it's it's the steps of these tournaments, and as a co-angler, you have to do the boaters have to do the same thing, but it's it's every step to go to a higher level. The competition gets more, the boats get more. I mean, it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher. So now you went down to the Red River. Now tell us where the Red River was at, and what's kind of your mindset going into that. Now you're fishing the would be the nat the TBF National Championship. This is the yeah. the Super Bowl for the TBF. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This is where all the big dogs are. And, and uh, there's so what did you say? There's 48 or 47 um, 48 states, two per state. Mm-hmm. Um, so you figure two times 48. So there's uh, there's a pro and a co-angler from each state, correct? Yep. 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 That's going to go. That's going to go down there. So, yeah. like I said, I don't – North Dakota probably didn't have a representative this year than probably like Alaska or Hawaii, one of those two. I mean, so there's probably maybe something like that that they, they didn't go. So you're going down there. This is the cream of the crop, um, stuff like that. It's a two-day tournament again? Uh, this was a three-day tournament. Three-day tournament. So- so yeah, what's your you mindset going in there then? I mean, you're heading down to the national championship. What are you, what are you looking to do? Man, me and my boater, he's a stick. He's probably he's, – he's a pretty well-known trash fisherman, power fisherman. He, and uh, he's had some um, experience on a Wichita out there and a couple other places, Grand Lake, closer to there. Um, so he, he kind of knew of a rough ball game what we were going to do uh fish shallow fish you know swim we were hoping it was going to be warmer and it was before the week before and then of course you know during tournament time that weather hits and uh that cold front came in so i kind of kind of screwed things up a little bit but uh going into that man i literally did so much studying i watched every bass and there's so much history from that lake oh my gosh (laughs) there's just there's classics there's forestwood cups there's there's a lot of history on that lakes and there's lots of different ways to catch them so um, i did a lot of studying and i talked to a good buddy of mine hunter freeman who won the 2018 flw collegiate down there and he was giving me some good tips and stuff down there um as well on just what to do colors wise uh um and man that i didn't get one bite during the three days of practice i was there not one and my boater only got two one being a giant uh gar yeah flipping yep and um so yeah i mean and my day one boater um it was just it was a disaster i mean i don't know if i should go and how heavy of details but i mean the guy was from new hampshire and he was roughly new to tournament fishing and let alone just i think fishing in general um he had all spinning reels he cast it upside down um had a real nice uh what 2014 fx 200 skeeter Mm-hmm. super clean boat but um but anyway, you guys got you got on fish 
So yeah, um, we ended up. I mean, do, did, you were we saying that you practiced, didn't get any fish. So now you're going in menta- mentally. You're like, oh, this place sucks. I hate this place. I'm that far from home. But then it's all of a sudden cold, you go. It's cold. It's raining. It's miserable. Just like Shasta was, but yep. it actually ended up paying off. So, yeah. Anyways, we get down to his this quote spot, and I go, nice man. Where where did we find this? And he said, oh, it's just a, a fishing house. Um, marked on my graph with just a community hole where it's just marked for everyone like you know there's fish down here so we go to the back of the cove and we actually just start getting into them and i actually ended up losing a really two good fish on the chatterbait that could have definitely helped me fish on uh day uh, three the championship saturday but um then day two so the, day one's ending so yep so day one ends and then uh i probably about have three fish for four pounds maybe rough day grinded all day for those four fish uh three fish excuse me and um so i meet my day two boater at the end of weigh-ins and uh he's in contention he's in fifth place right now and uh, he goes man all you need is a buzz bait and a spinner bait i'm on him. okay and uh we didn't know but they said the top three anglers were gonna have boaters in their i mean cameras in their boaters mm-hmm. in their boat excuse me and um I had no clue. So they were just driving around asking people, Hey, what place did you finish in? Okay. We're going to hop in your boat. If you're a top five or less. So we had a, a, a camera in our boat all day. And okay. um, yeah. So now cool. day, yeah, now day two comes and um, he was a little bit more on top of it than my day uh, one boater for sure. Um, but that's, that's cool. I don't think I've, in my, we'll talk about this later, my brief career, but I don't, I've yet to have a boater tell me I'm on him. Like, so it's, it's a little bit different. It's kind of cool that you, you've had boaters tell you that because it, it gives you a great feeling to know going into the day. You just, you just already start with more confidence, just knowing that you're, you're going to be around fish. I haven't, I have not been lucky enough to have that yet. So it's been more of a grind. Well, man, I feel, uh, well, I mean, the tournaments you fish to are a, a little bit more, I feel, um, well, obviously you're fishing the opens and stuff. They're a little bit big boy league than me. Um, I mean, these guys are still pros and uh, stuff and they're fishing different circuits and stuff. But um, yeah, those guys that you're fishing with are, and you know, you get three fish compared to five fish for me catching yep. for TBF. I'm working for five. You're working for three. I'm so it's three. a whole different ball game, man. And, and, and yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. So you finish, you get on, you get on day two. What'd you catch on day two then? Oh man! So day two, we're in one cove with about thirteen to fifteen boats, all just. Doo, 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 mm-hmm. doo. I mean, it's just it. Everybody's whacking them too, and uh, we're probably in about two to about a foot of water all day, and um, a couple hours go by. Then the cameraman gets on. Uh, I think I had maybe one fish in the box by then. I was okay. fishing a uh, Blitz Lures Buzz Frog, little plastic weedless frog, um, little super duty type bait it's kind of like a buzz toad but it's weedless with uh two hooks on the top like a normal frog um anyways uh he was fishing a buzz bait and he just was catching them left and right and, and like, they've got and, they've got more money on the line i mean that's one of the things um i haven't do, had it do. i haven't had it as bad as as you had but um there's been a couple times where guys are like hey i'd appreciate it if you give me first five casts on this <laughs> and then i'll <laughs> and then i'll uh you know i'll do this or I'll, i appreciate this and the guys i've been with have been respectful about it um they by the rules they can't tell you you can't fish somewhere um but again when you're fishing with money makes people do some weird things man and so that's that's the same the same instance there all right so yeah money will definitely do some crazy things in tournaments man and uh when you're in contention like that it's weird because the last time i've been in a tournament like semifinals and then the national championship like i wasn't doing so well like last middle of the pack and i feel like maybe almost they pair you with someone who's in contention to kind of help you I, it sounds i don't know that's just my head you know what i mean yeah like, but most so of stuff's days, random though i know you've right? just you've just but got some great draws i apparently because both times they were both in contention so yep. and i had definitely opportunities both times to put uh well the first you know time i put five fish in the boat mm-hmm. um at shasta but unfortunately at the national championship i didn't do so uh, do so hot so you know we wrapped up day one and uh, now day two 
um, we're in this pocket with the boater and he's getting all wild with the, his hook sets. And um, I had missed a few and uh, the camera, he, he, uh, the cameraman was just now finishing getting all the line undone and um, we turn out the pocket and uh, that's when I had got my uh, third fish on the frog. And that actually had been my, uh, the best fish of the day for me so far, actually being on the red river in general, it was probably three pounds. I remember texting you and sending you yep. a picture of the buzz frog out its mouth. I know that was but, awesome. That was exciting, man. So, unfortunately, I, I, I finished 27th overall. I finished second in my division, which is five states, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, California, which mm-hmm. is considered uh, the Midwest region. Okay. Um, so, uh, again, obviously, awesome experience. Um, and, yeah, that, that's – yeah, if you have any other questions or how else I ended up, um, you know – it was really cool to see the people that you met too as well um, throughout your stay uh, get to fish Friday and get to experience what you wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool and make, it gives you more drive to oh, yeah. fish harder, fish smarter and get back there next year. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm already, I just had a pretty good uh, fourth place finish here at Lake Havasu um, cash a pretty good, decent check. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this season. So, so yeah, I mean, you've you like you said, you started from the locals. You had to fight and claw your way to the top six or whatever it was. You get there, and then you got to perform there. It's like every level you make it to, it's not a you can take a breath of excitement, and then you got to go back into it and dive back into it. I mean, I mean, yeah, you said you finished 27th. Well, dude, that's how many people in their first year fishing the TBF can go to the can win regional, go to the regionals, win regionals go to the national championship and then be able to even 27th is still great. If you look at any point system, it's always, I mean, I thought that was pretty sweet and I know you wanted, obviously you wanted to win, you want to win the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you wanted to, you want to do it, but second in your division out of all those States and 27th place. I mean, yeah, it's not where we want to go as competitors, but I mean, looking back on your season, you got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was a great time. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully making the state team this year again. So, so yeah, we're, this is the transition to it. Now I want, I'm going to ask you some questions here since you, yeah. I mean, you've done it, you've done it, you've gone all the way up there. Um, been doing the co-angling thing. I some, somebody sitting at home and I've, I've mentioned this and preferred this before in the intro, this does not have to be just for, and I told Cam this off, off of us recording. This does not have to be just for bass fishing. I know there's a lot of people up here where I'm at, North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, you know, stuff like that, Wisconsin. There's smaller amounts of bass fishing, but the walleye scene is huge up here for your tournaments. So those professional tournaments, you can still do co-angling stuff for. So, I mean, I've always told people if I had the love for walleye fishing as much as I do bass fishing, I would be well more well off or whatever the proper terminology is for that because it, everything's so much closer and it's just it's just so much great walleye fishing up here stuff like that so if you're listening to this and you're trying to get into the co-angling stuff or you've already doing it don't forget this isn't just for bass fishing because him and i are talking about it it's just that's what he specializes in that's what i specialize in so going with that what is what is your preparation before the tournament? Now I know you to, you told me you watch um, a bunch of stuff for Red River and all that kind of stuff. But if you're going into like your preparation, you just got done going into Lake Havasu. From a tackle standpoint, um, are you bringing everything? Are you bringing certain things? And how are you packaging all that to where you can get it in your truck and you can get to the lake? Right, right. Dang, that's a good question, man. Who? especially from a dirty water to clear water scenario like from the red river the dirtiest of dirtiest water to lake havasu the cleanest of clean clear gin clear water man uh yeah unfortunately i bring a little bit more than i should Mm -hmm. um, which is also another uh, very good question um one it does you a couple things it keeps you more prepared and if something happens you have that on backhand in case you need it um but yeah obviously having less is more um but it, like I said, again, I, I'd much rather be well more prepared than not having something and then not, you know, kicking myself in the butt later being like, dang, I should have had that or dang, I should wish, you know. And or you're so spending now. extra money going to the store and buying it. I mean, that's or the, that too, wasting time, having to, you know, wasting extra money. That, 
Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, and everything like that, tournaments too, any dime, every dime counts. Like from lodging to food to gas, getting there, bulk gas. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crunch yeah. so are you taking all your rods when you go or are you trying to limit them I, okay yep well i don't take every rod um most of my rods are technique specific rods uh, yep. from casting obviously as you know um I, I fish a lot of the speed even pro rods <laughs> excuse me um and uh so unfortunately most of the rods are pretty specific technique um okay. to where all right if i'm throwing this i'm bringing that rod and that combo and that's for this only all day mm -hmm. um and i'm bringing five to six rods every time i fish oh in the national championship you're only allowed five rods and then they give you a tbf custom rod that they make it's like a noodle i swear it's made for you to lose fish they're like oh we're gonna give you a rod so you can go and you know they specifically say you allowed five rods but the rod that they make you can add it so you get okay six. you can six um, but anyways, so, uh, dude, I bring 12. I was going to say, bring, bring all your rods. I mean, that's, that's for everybody saying, for the most part, they're not saying, at least from the bass side of things, when I do the Bassmaster Opens, they're not saying, they try and preface no more than six rods. And that's yeah. what, that's some, some rules, like the TBF might have, you can only bring five, you can only bring six. But I'm saying, when Cam is hopping in the truck and he's taking off to go to the event, he is taking all of his rods. So he could take 15, 20, 30 rods if he wanted to, not meaning he's fishing with them, but he's taking them there just in case. Yep, absolutely. Yep. yep and tackle, absolutely. are you bringing all your tackle that you have, or are you kind no, of No, it definitely like depends on the fishery. Okay. Yeah, it definitely depends. Um, you know, if I'm fishing a clear water, or if I'm fishing deep or finesse, you know, there's definitely a lot more stuff that I bring than others. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a few things that I always have on me, and that's crankbaits, jerkbaits, and spinnerbaits, and chatterbaits, yep. like my – that's obviously everyone confidence. else loves fishing confidence baits like i said um fish what you want to fish with uh you know fish with your confident baits and um you know bringing less is more uh for sure like this weekend i found out like i always bring too much stuff like i said but mm -hmm. this weekend i found out i only needed two rods jig and a and a drop shot and that's all i caught my fish on oh and the jerk bait <laughs> yep. and the jerk bait so which three. is all three of my confidence is the drop shot now and the jig and um the jerk bait as well and, and it ended up panning out for me so yeah um, I, I guess I'm i a get, little, go ahead oh i was just gonna say i get teased a lot for bringing too much stuff but yeah. uh yeah i only bring one tackle bag which is the big uh monster casking truffle bag or what mm -hmm. i forget what it's called um the big one but yeah that so anyway so are so you bring are you just bringing that bag down there or do you have like an extra tub of baits and then you just bring that in the boat like i'm talking just going to the event not fishing with so yeah i bring the bag and then usually i have a smaller little bag that i bring about four to three thirty seven hundreds um you know several bags of plastics uh and uh my terminal box that's usually yep. what i like to stick to three thirty seven hundreds terminal and my uh little flambo box of plastics that it holds yep. See, for me, I, I go to the different – I think I've got – I think I'm only up to – I say only, but uh, 14 combos, something like that. So, like, I was packing up to head down to Alabama. All the rods, I put line – I think I separated them out. I need a new line on five or six of them. So, I spooled them all up, put the rod sleeves on them. They go in the front seat of my truck, and then I take all my tackle. Like, you have way more tackle than I do. I've talked to people that – I have just way fish. too much stuff, man. <laughs> I have guys like, that just fish out of their kayaks and have more tackle than I do. So it might be a little bit different for me because, I mean, I, I venture out when I'm fun fishing, but I know what I like to fish and how I'm confident with it. So I bring all my tackle. I get it in. I've got the, the medium-sized casking bag. I think it fits seven tackle boxes in there, and then I've got an extra Rubbermaid tub that I put the rest of my tackle boxes in out of the boat, and I've got three, like, Walmart bags of random plastics. I throw all that in the truck, all that was in there, and then I go to take off. So then when I go to practice with the with the boaters, I'll still only bring four I only bring about five to six rods when I even when I practice. Only reason is because I'm getting myself prepared for the tournament that I'm not going to be able to have all these rods go on and off. So you right. were talking about a great point that I want to jump into. You have more of your technique specific rods going into what you want to do. For me, I try and stay as general as possible when it comes to my rod reel combo. So if there's anything that I'm going to be throwing where uh, top water, 
or a jig or a worm or Texas rig, anything to where I am moving the bait towards me, I'm having the, it's the Casking Perigee 2 7.4 heavy, and I'm having some kind of fast reel on there, most of the Speed Demon or Speed Demon Elite reel. So I can take any, any that whole category of dragging, hopping, flipping, pitching, all those can be wrapped up into two or three rods that I'm going to bring with. So I try and purposely try and use out of the six rods, if we're dragging anything or flipping anything, I can have the same combo either braid with braid on it or fluorocarbon on it. So I keep it super general. And then if we need to go to a cranking setup or something along that line that maybe requires a little bit more specific combo, I'll throw mm -hmm. those in there too. But like, like I said, it's funny to see that you were bringing your technique-specific stuff like, and have this rod is used for this, this rod is used for that. Me, I'm like, I'm going to bring these three or four rods, and I can throw – I have confidence, and you're able to throw anything on these rods if I need to switch it up. So I think it's pretty cool from what you're doing different for me. And, I mean, I think it's, it, it doesn't all have to be the same, and that's what I was trying to get out of this point is it's cool to yeah. see that other people are doing it different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a different uh, and another point to mention too, like everyone's season is different. Not everybody has the same amount of tournaments that different states do. So, like I heard from people in the national championship in different states, like Utah, for instance, my buddy that I just met. Um, they only have three tournaments, three qualifiers all year mm -hmm. long, and it starts in April. So, you know that that it still goes with like how much stuff that you need to bring to as well with how many tournaments you have or just what you need is is um going to be lucrative for you too as yeah. well like it, there's so many different variables with it like i don't know it's, it's, i was just trying to touch base like yeah with no i tournaments and yep no i think it's i think it's cool and the one thing i'll i'll even touch on if we're going to dive into tackle more is is um you know you're able to fish with people on a boat more often than not I have a boat, so I have everything labeled in each one of the boxes and stuff like that. When it comes to co-angling, that oh. for me goes out the window because I've yeah. got a box full of beavers. Well, come co-angling time when I can only fit six or seven boxes in my bag, there's mm -hmm. going to be swim baits in there. There's going to be worms in there. I'm going to take some of the colors out I don't need. Everything will be mixed around and be combo because you need to get as much you know, whatever you need as much as you can in a bag, because they say, I mean, you're not supposed to bring a giant bag because you're taking up all that room and you don't need, you don't want a giant bag in there because it takes no. up all the room. You don't want to, sometimes if, if I know I'm going to be flipping, pitching, whatever in these tournaments, I'm not even going to try and bring um, all six rods. There's a couple of turns where I fish with four rods because I know I can switch things out. So don't try and be the guy with a big tackle bag on your thing and carrying two grocery bags plus your six max rods getting into That's a guy's me. boat. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if you can, downsize all this stuff and throw – just mix things up. So when I get back from an event, I'll open my tackle box and I'll go, oh, my gosh, there's paddle tails in here. There's And most of it's soft plastic mixed around. Or I'll have a box of two or three deep diving crankbaits, a couple square bills, and a couple really small crankbaits all in there with confidence colors to fish. So – if you're super um, anal about getting everything organized or you have your own boat and stuff like that, you've got to make sure if you want to optimize the amount of stuff you can bring with the lack of a number of tackle boxes, make sure you're putting things in separate um, separate tackle boxes to go out there. And that's just a, a tip I've picked up on. And, and you've got to just kind of get over your anxiety about mixing stuff together to be able to be successful. That's what's crazy enough. to me. Yeah, yeah, that's what's crazy to me too is uh, to think that um, this little crybaby here. To think that people, I mean, it's a great, great thing to get started fishing tournaments, pro am circuit tournaments as a co angler. But it's crazy to think for me that people that have a boat to go and start to fish those as a co angler just to get experience and mm -hmm. see what you can learn from. And uh, I really do think that's the way to go. But if you do have the option and you do have your own boat. And because there's a lot of times where I'm just honestly in tournaments, like, and I don't mean to be like, but I'm, you know, there's times where I'm like, dang, like, dude, th this guy, like, you know what I mean? Like this guy has a boat or like this guy, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. So, but there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people. I guarantee you, there's a lot of people at your local level, anybody's local level that could fish on say the elite series. I wouldn't say a lot. There is a few people, but they just, they just choose, they just choose not to. 
And so you've got the options like yourself, the guy that's, you know, is probably getting ready to make the jump to, to fish out of your own boat, but it, it all comes, sometimes it comes down to whatever option you have for me, it's finances. Like I can't afford to fish the opens as a pro. Like I yeah, can't no, afford, I, understand that. I can't yeah. afford the entry fees and stuff. So like you said, yeah. even though a guy like myself, that's got a boat, it's, I have learned more in the last two years of bass fishing behind some of these guys than I have oh, the first how many doing it. So it's a great option. Even if you got your own boat, one, the entry fees aren't as much. So you don't have the, um, you don't have the amount of skin in the game per se. I mean, obviously the winnings aren't as much, but I've learned so much more than I've taken to my local lakes. I've taken some local tournaments and I've had a lot more success on it. I would have never done it. My grandpa calls it. You're going to pay for your education somewhere. You're going to pay for it somewhere. So you might as well yeah. be paying for it on the highest level that I can afford to get to. And that happens to be the opens. And for you, the opens are so far to the east, since you're located in, in Arizona, that the best opportunity you have is the nation and the TBF stuff to go in there. So look and at we your do region. Have the, go ahead. We, we do have the one bass opens too yep. as well. So we do have uh, those as well. And then that in the Wild West Bass Trail, and uh yeah so anyway sorry to interrupt you no 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 you're fine but i'm just saying that's that's a tip that i that i've got is like you're gonna pay for your education so i might as well pay for it at the top level even if it's a co-anger for myself and that's the mentality i'm going into it until i can get stuff lined up to where maybe i have success i win a couple um win one even or have enough finishes to where then you can move yourself up and then take the next jump so but I want to, we got off on that tangent, but I want to talk about, you mentioned this earlier about you got five bites, whatever day it was in this tournament. I want you to talk to me about, now I fish tournaments out of my own boat. Yes. Okay. Five bites is super, super important, but I think the amount of bites or whatever bites you get out of the back of the boat, it's tenfold. So tell me about making your, what do you got to do? You got to make your bites count as a co-angler. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm making sure my bait's looking presentable. I want everything perfect because that opportunity comes and it does come down to your boater at times where like I was just saying like, man, this guy's got to, you know, if, if, if they're able to net the, the, the fish, like, oh, uh, there's so many variables in it. Fishing yeah. is up, full of ups and downs, especially tournament fishing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's uh, all it is. So. But it's, it's um, people listening at home. If you haven't fished a tournament, you haven't done some of these higher level tournaments. It's, it's not, uh, Oh, he blew up on my frog and I missed him, and I'll go down the bank and catch another one in 10 minutes. It's, Oh my gosh, that, that could be, I learned this the hard way down in the South this year in the fall. And I, I finally understood why people in the South say fall fishing sucks because up here in the Midwest, it's like, fall fishing is awesome. They're getting ready to feed before they go for ice, under the ice. And it's just like spring fishing. It's phenomenal. Everybody down South, like that's why everybody deer hunts. That's why they go turkey hunting or whatever, because the fishing sucks. And so, I mean, we pre-fish for two or three days and I get two bites a day. Okay. It's pre-fishing. I don't care. Come to the tournament. I might get three bites a day and yeah. two of them might be too short. And then the yep. one I lose next to the boat. And then all of a sudden I come in with three, <laughs> I come in with three fish on the first day. Like when we go to Lake Louisville, bite was super tough. I come in with three fish for like, I don't know, six pounds, maybe. Oof, yeah. And all of a sudden yeah. I'm in 16th place out of a 175 boat field. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. So you have to capitalize on whatever bites they are. If you catch all the bites that you that you get bit on all the bites you bring in the boat and they're all short. There's nothing you can do about it. You literally did what you could. So it's like, it's a different mentality for me in the back of the boat is that every bite counts. You get the hook into that thing, you get it in the boat. And if it's, if it's a keeper, it's a keeper. If it's not, it's not. But if you don't capitalize on those bites, which are null and void or way down from the boater side, unless that one instance, like you said, where you were catching them better, you've got to make sure you get those fish landed, get them on the tape and either get them in the live well or put them back and go on for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely. just crazy. It's just crazy when it comes down to it. So, but we've had a, I mean, we've had a lot of time on here to talk about. It. I really appreciate you coming on and being able to, you know, tell us about what it took for you to go from the local level regional, then to the national championship, because I mean, not a lot of people get to experience that um, and stuff like that. So I want to, I want to ask you this. I want to give you, I want you to give me narrow it down bare bones, three tips you would give somebody that's getting into the co-angling side, just whatever for fish and tournaments. What's three tips you'd give them? Oof. Um, I would say pack light, 
travel with somebody and fish your confidence for sure. Um, a pack light. You just, it keeps it simple. Keeping it mm-hmm. everything. Um, traveling somebody less expenses. Um, and, uh, I already forgot the third one. <laughs> what did I say? I don't know what you say. <laughs> I don't remember, but, um, anyways, yeah, that's, that's fish your <laughs> that's confidence. Fish your confidence. confidence baits. So bring the things, you know, and you, yeah, you know, you're going to get bit on and make those five bites count or three. If you're fishing for three bass nation folks, yep. um, and uh open friends so yeah make them count and get them to the boat and, but yes uh, keep it light travel with somebody travel expenses will be down and if you can have the opportunity like what you and i do you were talking about traveling with a boater some guys that fish the opens i'm able to travel with them meet them down there and fish with them and it's not for me as a co-angler i want to talk about this for a little bit too or just a second it's not for me to catch fish in practice because or get dialed in because i'm not a boater i'm not right. at the front well you and i aren't trying to get dialed in on something we're going to find what works somewhat but 90 yep. percent of this time your boater and my boater are going to be doing something totally different than the guys we practice with right so i use it to look at water clarity water temperature water depth structure that kind of thing i don't know seasonal if you do patterns this. yeah Hell dude, yeah i don't know if you do the same thing or not but Absolutely. for me it's, it's not about getting bites it's about figuring out just a little niche here or there and then and then reusing it when you get into tournament day yeah especially for calling because what you yeah. get in practice is definitely going to be 100 percent different what you're doing game day so yep that's a very good point and uh yeah i like it's, that a lot again it's another reason to simplify it is you don't have to get wrapped up in catching fish that too well, one thing yeah. i would say too is in closing, bring cash as a co-angler. Get mo- tip um, your boater. Yeah, tip your boater. Yep. I mean, it's they got gas, they got oil um, consumption, wear and tear on their rides, stuff like that. Even if you don't catch fish during the tournament, even if your boater had a bad day, stuff happens. You know, blah blah blah, things happen. At least offer. At, at least offer. I've had some guys that say, "Nope, I won't take it," and some guys are grateful that you yeah, do it. So too. bring when I go to a when I go to an event. Um, I bring, I can't remember how, I bring a couple hundred dollars with me in cash. And uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't, maybe not spend it, maybe we'll spend it, who knows. But most of that money is set aside in, say, $20 bills. And then you can give the guy $20, give him $40, give him $50, yeah. whatever you feel for it. Yeah. Help them out. I mean, they are actually taking you fishing for the most part, you know, in tournaments yeah. and stuff. And if you're yeah. practicing with somebody, help them out. Um, it'll go a long, long ways. And if you, if and when you get to the, the, boater position or pro position it, it does help you know so that's another thing i'd have for you is, is a tip so that's all i got yeah. but yeah anything absolutely. on that no nah, man uh i think that's we touched all, on the- <laughs> we touched on a lot of stuff and that's as, as the season goes on i want to get into it more we'll be able to hop on and do some more of these um talking about the 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 underbelly of tournaments because the co-anglers aren't talked about a lot, you know, and which is fine because we're not putting thousands of dollars into stuff in a year just to fish one event kind of things. But for people, it may be too intimidating for somebody that's out there going to try and fish on the boater side of things. One financially, two time away from work, all that stuff, but you can do it if you want to make to the next step. And so that's the way Cam and I are trying to treat it right now for where we're at in our lives is trying do better, get experience. And then someday him and I'll be, fishing out of the front of our own boats doing that but we're gonna probably wrap it up here cam um i want to thank you for coming on before we get off i want everybody where can they follow you to keep up with your tournaments and stuff like that what are your social medias you can you can tell us here everybody can stop by and give you a follow yeah man i appreciate that uh so my uh instagram handle is fishing underscore four underscore days d-e or days is spelled d-a-z-e Mm-hmm. um and uh i only have youtube and instagram and uh it, they're both the same so fishing yep. for days fishing underscore four underscore days d-a-z-e and uh four is spelled f-o-r as well yep. so. so i've got a, i'll have that i'll have it popped up on the screen if you're watching the video if you're listening to it in the podcast it'll be in the description below you can go ahead and follow cam um follow him along keep him up to date he's already one or i can't remember one or two tournaments into your season so far this year Three. My fourth three. is uh, on the seventeenth of April. Three weeks at Lake Pleasant. So, so yeah. he's already grinding out for this season, trying to make the state team. Uh, Halfway like said, over. 
Yeah, I mean, halfway halfway over, and it's almost April here, and I haven't even fished one yet. But that's Isn't just that crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But he's out grinding, trying to get back there. Um, go ahead and follow him, follow his journey, as he's kind of doing the same thing I am on the co-angler side, trying to qualify and, and move up the level. So we'll have all that popped up below in the description um, on the podcast. You guys could check him out and give Cam a follow. So once again, Cam, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I uh, appreciate you very much for having me on and uh, giving me your time as well to uh, come on here and just spread the word of co-angler tournament scene and just gossiping and chilling. Um, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. Not a problem. I want to thank you guys for watching and make sure you check us out every Tuesday. We're doing a podcast episode along. If you want to watch the podcast on the Preston Outdoors YouTube channel and every Thursday, we've got a new YouTube video coming out. So I want to thank you guys for watching. Tune in next time to the pop, AKA the Preston Outdoors podcast.